0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show.
1: All right, everybody, here we go. Sklar Brothers here. So happy to be here. Thank you, Jim Rome. He's on vacay up in Wisconsin, up in Wisconsin, He's in the basement. He's in the basement, but he's up top of the country. And Sub uh, pimps in the box. We're happy to be here. So happy um, here. We got so much great stuff to talk about. It is the dog days of summer. And yet we have been digging through to find and talk about the week in sports and the week. <gasps> the W-E-A-K in sports. There's a ton of week stuff that happened this week in sports. There's a ton of stuff to talk about today on the show and great guests. First of all, we're here right now in Southern California. Later today.
0: Here we are.
1: We are going to be in Las Vegas for the UFC Hall of Fame induction ceremony tonight, doing some social media stuff for them, which our show, The Nosebleeds, was on UFC Fight Pass. Staying connected to that organization is fantastic. We'll be there later on the show in hour one. We're going to talk to Brendan Fitzgerald, our good buddy there who hosts On the Line. So many great shows there. He's he's a commentator. He's a great voice in the a UFC. Really good voice in UFC. We're going to talk to him in hour one. In yes. our to Robert Lucidich. There's so much to talk about. I want to hear his take on the the marriage of Liv and the PGA. And was Tiger using talking points? Was he Given using, to him by the PGA? I mean, Tiger knows a, a thing or two about marriages that don't work. So, and talking points. And talking points. So no, someone, someone's going to get a club upside the head. Is I was at say. Perkins. I was asking for I was an in extra boysenberry. Yeah, Why that's is probably. that a, you gotta ask for the extra boys and Berry. So we're gonna talk about that. Yes. Later in the show, our buddy Gar Ness. We always have him on. He's fantastic. Get us, get us. I wanna he's probably as a good Ellie de la Cruz. Yes. Why isn't that guy in the uh home run derby? Home run derby. Could the home run derby have biffed it any further? It's the slam dunk contests of pre all-star weekend disappointments. Used to be great. Used to ever like why isn't Shohei Otani and Ellie de la Cruz? Ellie De La Cruz should be in it because he is the most exciting player in the National and League. And right every now. home run he hits, someone should question the knob on his bat. And you just point to bro, the knob. He's that got, was amazing. You got knob. You got Instead of you got jobbed, you got knobbed. You got knobbed, bro. You got knobbed. Ellie de la Cruz knobbed you. And I think maybe the most relevant, most current piece of information we're going to talk about today is the fact that we're on threads now. We're up on threads. The whole world is up on threads. Sklar Brothers are up on threads. We're like like fine Egyptian cotton. Our thread count is going up by the minute. Thread count going up. (laughs) Join us up there. Alvin, so happy you're here with us. So good to see you across the window there. Jack Savage is with us. Just good people helping us get this. We got so much fun stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk. There's a sex room. The the prayer room at Wimbledon, and I'm gonna call it Wimbledown, because that's what I'm gonna do. There's a people are using the, the prayer, prayer room, room as a sex dungeon to get down. 40 get up, love, get up, a get 15 get, get love. Down. We're not even add in, add out, add back in again. Add in, add out, We're add. We're not in. even gonna talk about a deuce. No, we'll get to that later. That's we'll talk about the Wimbledon the secret Wimbledon sex room. We'll talk about Grant Williams sign and trade. But also showing up at a party that he should not have been at. Should he have been there? Should he not there? We'll talk about all that. That's coming up later on the show. I think if you're a sign-and-trade guy, you don't show up at that. At, at the 4th the, at the of July White Party? Yes. I don't know if you do. In the, in the Hamptons that Bieber was at? We'll talk about it. Should he I have don't been even there? think Jaleel White could show up to that party and be there. I don't even think Jahidi White could be there. Maybe rest in peace. I know he's not dead. I just want him to get a good night's rest. Right. Right. So... All of that will be covered on the show today. How was your Fourth of July, Jason? Uh, it was good. It was it was solid. You know it was good because I was with you. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I just I just chose not to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> we ignored each other, but we, we said did, we'll do all our talking on this show. You know what we couldn't ignore? Joey Chestnut, dominance, dominance, but dominated in a way that like he people kind, were disappointed with he the final number. Survived and advanced. I guess, as it were. We had Doug Kazarian, who's an ESPN betting uh, guy. Yeah, host of the Daily Wager, he was on our podcast this week. And he was talking about all the like bets you can make, like within, you know, prop bets you can do. Yeah. I want to know for real, he ate 62 dogs this year. Is he going to eat more dogs than the St. Louis baseball Cardinals are going to win games this year? That's a great prop bet. 62 dogs. He might. I mean, he was in the 70s. I'd take that bet. So the most he's ever eaten is 76. Mm -hmm. That's the most I think that has ever been eaten in a 10-minute period in a sanctioned Nathan's hot dog event. Now, it rained. There was a rain delay. And I know that, you know, wetting down your buns... My sir mixed a lot. Uh, wait, I, I thought we weren't getting into the uh, Wimbledon <laughs> sex <section. laughs> Yeah. Wetting down your buns is a tactic. That's, it is. That's the it way is. you helped you but, digest it. But let me ask you do you want to be. Who am be, I, Pete Davidson? Do you want to be dunking your buns into like polluted Coney Island New ra- York water. Rainwater. I don't think you do. Meanwhile, the cyclone, like cyclone, is probably roller is still going, still going. Like it's wood rot- just rotting. They're just like, yeah, like run it. Rain pelting you in the face, like someone shooting you with a BB did gun. Did you see there was a, a roller coaster where people were trapped upside down for four and a half hours? So that makes you never want to step on Tazu. I'll never do it again. Tazu. I, I may never do it again for that reason. Four and like, a half hours upside down okay this is what i'm gonna say every time you get into a roller coaster just look at the guy who's operating the roller coaster and just say my life and whatever the next period of time if it's two minutes or two hours is in this gentleman's hands. you you once got into a hot air balloon randy i gotta do a hot air balloon you and the guy who was running the balloon his Miss, name was his name was maverick Which I don't want a guy who's going to go rogue on my hot air balloon. No, we don't. I don't want you buzzing by a tower in the hot air balloon. I don't want you to tell Katie Holmes to have a silent Silent birth. birth. That's right. He's missing two and a half fingers, which means he's either unlucky or takes unnecessary risks. Yeah. So either way, you're losing up there. We were supposed to go up and up a mile, over a mile, and down and then have lunch. That was it. He, we got up in the air and he's like, I got a wind. I'm going with it. That's not what he you radi- want here. when you're he in a balloon. He radios down to the van that's following us down below. And it's like, go knock on doors and see if we can land in this person's yard. You can't do that on a hot air balloon.
2: That's, not- that's Joey
1: Chestnut going rogue. Joey Chestnut. So what? let's talk about Chestnut. 16-time champion. 16-time world champion. It, you know, it, in his mind, he's telling people, "I'm the goat.
2: Well, I'm the,
1: I'm above Tom Brady. I'm above Michael Jordan. I am the goat, and then I will eat that goat yeah. and 62 more of them." He's if we're because there is the discussion whenever you get into an argument with someone, is it LeBron or Jordan? Is it Kobe or Jordan? They're like, well, jo-, all the Jordan stands are like, well, he's got six rings. Well, so does Robert Ori. Robert Ori probably has 15 rings. Bill Russell has like nine rings. Yeah, so like if the ring is the discuss, if that's the point, then Joey Chestnut is a sixteen-time champion. He's more than doubled Tom Brady. Yeah, as far as like the world champion and dominance, in and it can't be doing good things on his system. No, no, no. We're like gonna we're Every watching time him kill he himself. eats 72, 70 dogs in ten minutes, it takes a year, One six year, months off his six life. Six months off his life. He was gonna be eighty-eight. He just lost eight years by being yeah, a sixteen. He's gonna be eighty and he's gonna die at eighty now. Right? Which by the way, which by bad. the way, not so bad. I would take it. I would take eighty. The last eight years are gonna suck anyway. Horrible. What is he gonna do? But uh, here's my thing. I think the the contest itself is lacking like a villain. You, you need a villain. They don't have when Kobe was in it, someone's gotta call him. I don't know where he is. He's like Fat Thor maybe somewhere. They got to go get him. They got to pull him out of some like sanctuary he's in in Mm -hmm. Japan and Mm -hmm. bring him back. We're not even at odds with Japan. I mean, I would get someone. I mean, this is my take. I would get someone from the Russian army. I'll go you one better. Like get get eating Drago. Eating Drago. Dolph Lundgren's probably available. He's probably said some anti-Semitic things recently. Let's put him him in there eating contest. We don't know for sure. I said probably. I must break. I must break the bun. Yeah, he'll break it. I must break you. Like they're like, hey, throw that line away, man. Don't no, don't, don't push it so I hard. Must, when but it's almost like he's asking a question as he said. I must it's like he's you. taking a drag in on the cigarette. I must break you. I must he's like a he's like a break you. like a little league football coach who's like you know drank too much the night before. I must break you. I must break you. Right? It's, it's just- like Natasha, like, and moose and squirrel. But so I, this is the thing. I, I, I right? think. Russian army hot dog even eating Even better than that, I think representing Russia should be Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal in an expandable kimono. It's like the kimono he reps Russia. He is the villain. This is Steven Seagal hasn't recognized this in his life and this is his greatest He could be an eating champion. He could be an eating champion. He already is. And if to take you to the banks under Trent why is he? a <laughs> I'll, the the bag. Of I'll take you to the bank, but I need a ride first. I can't and then just everyone on set is like I can't hear what he's saying. No one can hear it. Like audio the sound, guys like the I'm up guys, to like, ten. I turn this up to ten. I'm picking up sound of somebody please, eating a sandwich across the street. That's how silent he is can on you his please mic. Please tell him to use push his mic up to the top of the kimono. I can't voice, hear anything he's saying. Full voice. So Steven Seagal, if he only recognized in his own life that he needs to be the villain mm-hmm. in his story. He thinks he has to be the hero. Still, he's spray painting the hair on his face. He's painting the goatee black. Let it go gray. Let it be wild. Let it be crazy. You become Rasputin. Be the villain. Be the villain that you've been training your whole life to be. So, see, and then he has a film career. Be the villain, right? So, it, okay, truthfully, if someone had the guts, the chutzpah, the cojones mm-hmm. to cast Steven Seagal as the villain in a major action movie, in a martial, you know who would do it? Who I think Tarantino would do it. Tarantino just he could. He bring- pulled David Carradine out of that out of the ash. He he could bring him back from the dead. I just think people do not want to be in business with Steven Seagal. There's just you just don't want him around No. because you just don't know what he's going to do. He might karate chop a craft service woman. Yeah, no, no, he's. You know, he's, and he because because he's someone's getting too close to the oat squares. You know what I mean? And he's got a lemon slices, someone, right? Lemon squares. You got to get over there. That's do we seagulls. mention we're up on threads? We're up on threads. Uh, listen, the the
2: we've tripled, hot,
1: we've tripled our followers. The Nathan's threads, hot right. dog eating contest on the fourth of July is maybe the most appropriate sport on that day. Yeah, it's gluttony. It's pure American gluttony. We created gluttony. So let me ask you for real. How much longer do you think Joey Chestnut can is in terms of eating? Like, can he be a 30 time champion? I think he's going to like 30 time champion. I think if he won 30 titles, you there's no way you could deny him as like one of the greatest athletes of all time. So remember when Harbaugh said we're going to beat Ohio State or die trying in 2021? Yeah. Yeah. If Joey Chestnut said I'm gonna win 30 times or die, or die trying, trying, I'm like, you're you, gonna die trying. You might die trying, like. And he's, by the way, not just eating the. He's not like Brooks Kepka, who only like plays in the majors. He's like, like participating in wing bowl competitions. Like I bet if someone showed up and saw him at like a Pizza Hut, they'd be like, Let's go, let's go, and he would do it. Let's go, biatch. Let's scrap, do it. Scrap, scrap, bite for bite. Let's go. We had him on our podcast. Personal pan for personal pan. I think if we found out how much he makes a year, we'd be like, that's not enough. Right. Like Joey Chestnut should. Joey Chestnut should be. Nathan's hot dog should have him on payroll so that he can get his health insurance from them. Or Joey Chestnut should be the new. Jared, not in the bad way no, for Subway. No, no, the good way. The, the good way. Like Jared no. is obviously J- awful. Do not like Jared's so bad that like people can't hold up their own pants anymore. That's how bad he was. Like Cosby ruined the colorful sweater. This Jared guy has ruined, ruined the, the, the ability giant, to hold up a large Look at pants. how big my pants were. This is how much I lost. That's you, how terrible of a person he is. Yeah, you can't even hold your pants up anymore. But Subway could go to Joey Chestnut and be like, when I want to eat healthy. When I wanna have a meal that's not And just watch him take a twelve foot sub down into his mouth. Just dip a whole twelve foot. Twelve foot. (laughs) Twelve foot I I meant twelve inch, but twelve still. Twelve foot. Still. I mean that's but that's that's what he should be doing. That's where he should be making his money. Do you think there should be like Ryder Cup style competitive eating? That's like why I said America, nation against nation. I know America versus Europe, but it's like a team sport. And so you're no longer doing so it's like match play. Where like there has to be a Greek dad or like a Italian guy who's like body is shaped like a bowling ball on right, sticks. Right. And you then, know what I'm talking about? Yes. And then he just, he lives in Sicily, he eats like twelve pounds of pasta a day. He's that guy. So he's part of the European. He's always looked like he's 60 for the last like 25 years. That's right. And now he's 60. So he's like that guy in a Ryder Cup thing against the United States. Europe versus the United States or world versus the United States. Would be fantastic. Yeah. To me, I think that would be an amazing match play where like suddenly you're Joey Chestnut at the end of like Six minutes is got like 40 dogs, and the other person is at 20, and then you can call it at that point. Right. It's to me two and one. It's done. He's up two, up three with one to play. Up three with one, (laughs) up three with two minutes. So to to me, up up 30 dogs with two to go. Two minutes. The tournament that you just described makes more sense than the early season NBA tournament that they're trying to foist on us you're talking about the uh final four the final four that's happening in you know the nba final four the classic final four that oh, we've yeah. all been talking about can't wait there's only one final four for me and it happens in december and it means nothing
2: can't wait
1: can't wait bart Scott's like literally bart scott is literally like i'm looking forward to it i'm really anticipating this, this feels like it might that, i mean that's why on. why could it just be like these four games on christmas right that that's that's what it should be That's what it always has been. Here are the best four games on Christmas, but instead they're going to be like, this is what we're going to do. Final four. Is that? That's not. You don't want that. Final four. No. In the middle of the season. What does it do? What do you get? What do you gain by winning that final four tournament? They each get $500,000. Each of the players on the team. Is that that true? Yeah. 500K. I mean, that's good. I guess.
2: Grant Williams
1: just made $50 million. Can you hang a banner? 500000 is like... They're life. talking about Jalen Brown making $295 million on his next contract. I think yeah. $500,000 is going to mean anything to these people. Yeah. Like, Jalen Brown will be like, I'll pay $500,000 to not, not have play. to play in that. To take the week off. Here's $500,000. I'll pay for Grant Williams, who's now on Dallas, to take my place on the Celtics. Frank Ojeda. Thanks, buddy. He uh, tweeted us. Sklar Brothers, I can imagine Joey Chestnut... In the retirement home, having to be convinced to compete in a cream corn eating contest, Nope. even though he insists he's given up that life years ago. That's right. Come on. Dude, not, how that's, many times do I get, I'm not that guy anymore. He's like, nope, you're that I'm guy. I'm not that guy anymore. You're that guy. And then he's like, you got to do it. Come on, do it. Just eat this enormous bowl of cream corn. It's for my brother. For your brother, remember, like we remember, we went to the book signing. Speaking of the UFC Hall of Fame induction, and tonight. Then we'll take a break. But the, we were we at, were at a book signing for our friend at Book Soup down the street at Tower Books. That's how powerful Tower Records was. Had Tower Books across the street. Ken Shamrock <laughs> signing books at his book at at Tower line books. out the door. And I just imagine people were like, "Come on, just give put me, your thumb in my neck. Put your thumb in my neck until it choke t- me out. Choke with- me out." It's, Choke, from, it's for my brother. It's for my brother. Choke me out. It's for Come my on. brother. Just do it. Brother. It's for my brother. 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 All right. We got going. Brother. We're off and running. Uh, if you have a hot dog take, if you want to follow us on threads, do it. Let's get our numbers up. We're like Kevin Durant. He's like, I'm out here on threads with a burner phone. Come find me. That's Same. it. Come from find Kevin us Durant. on threads. Hang with us all day. We got great music. We got great guests. We got sports takes and comedy. It's the Sklar Brothers. Filling, Filling in it for, for Jim Rome, Rome on CBS Sports. Yeah. You're listening to The
2: Jim Rome Show. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines. You don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for twenty nine ninety-nine with unlimited data today. US cellular built for us. Terms do apply. Visit USCellular.com for details.
1: Drake. Does Drake still go time to time Toronto Raptors I games? Me I mean, what's the future of the Toronto? When time? is Drake getting his Grady Dick jersey? I I mean, I think every Grady Dick jersey should just be like all Sparkly. sequins. Sparkles and sequins all the way up uh this is Sky brothers rope filling in for jim Rome? we are here today looking at what is the weirdest and funny stuff in the world of sports later today we'll read those later later today we are gonna be at the uh ufc hall of fame induction so it is wonderful that we have this, this funny stuff in the world of sports later today this gentleman i'll we'll read those later later today we are going to be line. at the uh, and, uh ufc hall of so fame induction he's, he's so it is wonderful that we have listen. this funny stuff in the world sports later today this will read those later later today we are going to be at the uh ufc hall of fame induction so its wonderful that we have this Uh, because we get a chance to talk to him. He is really one of the best people in, in UFC. He did a great bit on our show, uh, with his on the line guys. And he, uh, he's just, we love him. Brandon Fitzgerald. How you doing, buddy? Welcome. I'm great. It sounded like you didn't know how to describe
3: me, and then you were able to squeeze out gentlemen, No, you are but gentleman. begrudgingly, so we, we
1: were hearing a little of ourselves in our in our own uh air- Okay, air- okay. Technical issue. I got we, it. There's already <laughs> two. There doesn't need to be four of us like floating around. So uh, right, right, dude. Sure. I, I, we love you so much because I feel like y- you. What I love about your story, and you talk about this on your fantastic podcast many times is that you, you came to the UFC, you weren't like brought up in UFC, you came to it and studied it and got tremendous knowledge on the sport and it is, are well respected within it. I just think that's amazing as guys ourselves who are sort of coming to it a little later in the game. It is fascinating to see how well ingrained in the sport you are and, and how much you love it. You have a tremendous love for this sport that you cover.
3: I do. And, uh, you know, I always tell people who ask me, how do I call UFC fights one day? I say, you got to fall in love with sports broadcasting more than you do any specific sport because mm-hmm. you never know where the opportunity is going to come. Um, but as you guys know, once you dive into this MMA rabbit hole, it never ends. And it is funny and it is compelling. And at the end of the day, there are fist fights. Um, It's everything that you want in a sport when it comes to wins and losses and greatness and storylines and uh, unique personalities. So I have uh, absolutely loved Loved every minute of it. It's
1: so fun. Like and, and what we see, like Randy and I were at the uh, Fight Pass Invitational Grappling Tournament last week. We saw you there. That was amazing. Conor McGregor pushes someone on the ultimate Fighter. Like, it's all, like, there's so much news being made in this sport daily. Tonight, the Hall of Fame. It's filling the void, I think, for a lot of people right now in the summer months, the dog days of the sports year. I feel like this is a great sport for that right now in this moment.
3: Yeah. I, th- I think the UFC has gotten really smart over the last few years and been like, we own the summer, right? Yep. It's regular season baseball and it's UFC. So we do International Fight Week every July. It's our biggest event of the year or one of our you know, three biggest events of the year where we welcome fans from all over. For for my money, the best money you could spend as a UFC fan is the fan experience in Las Vegas this it's week. It's like 25 bucks a ticket. Yep. And you can climb like inside the UFC, meet so many fighters, uh, get up close and personal with so many things. You can get inside the octagon, you can do stare-downs, you can get your hands wrapped. Um, it's so much fun. And so it's just a big week-long celebration and all summer long as you guys said it's it's baseball that's going on every day and then it's some big UFC event so um it's certainly a, a fun part of the year.
1: Hall of Fame inductions tonight. Who's going in? Who do you expect to be there and just tell us a little bit about the inductees tonight uh, who are going to be in the Hall of Fame.
3: Well, off the top it's Cowboys Ferroni. Uh he just retired last year and I remember walking the red carpet last year at the Hall of Fame and people asking who do you think will be in the Hall of Fame next? Like, right. who's the surefire guy? And Cerrone was fighting that weekend. He was fighting in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And right, I didn't I didn't say him, but like right after I gave the interview, you know, you guys know this. Sometimes you think of your best stuff right after of the course. camera's turned off. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, you know, listen, I don't want to retire the guy early, but I bet Cerrone might be going in this time next year. And sure enough, he fought um he retired like three days later and it's obviously it's a no-brainer that uh he's going into the hall of fame first ballot he might be the first guy maybe not the first guy but he was one of those guys it's a surefire hall of famer that never won a ufc championship Mm, and nobody's gonna argue that he belongs he had so many records he was the anytime anywhere any place guy Uh, He's a true cowboy. He's a true wild man. Like, fans just loved him, and he was a crossover guy for a long, long time. Jens Pulver's going in to the Pioneer Wing. Uh, I feel like many people thought he was underappreciated in the history of the sport. And if you watch back in February, he didn't know that he was going into the Hall of Fame, and they announced him, and he was doing a live stream on Twitch, and they went in, and he was so emotional. I I don't know if there's anybody on the planet that – it means more to, to be recognized as a UFC Hall of Famer than Jens Pulver. So that'll be quite a moment. Anderson Silva, uh the Brazilian, like everybody knows, Anderson uh, sure, Silva. Sure. He's going in, uh, you know, just a legendary champion. Um, there's a few others off the top of my head. I can't exactly think of them, but yeah, it's going to be a special night. Robbie Lawler's going in. He's retiring this Saturday night, but his fight with Rory McDonald is going into the fight wing. So that'll be special as well.
1: I mean, Lawler's had some crazy, we covered that Lawler fight where the sister of the other opponent came in on, on the show. That was amazing. And like attacked him. It was insane. I mean, he's yeah. Yeah. He is amazing and Oh, and
3: I shouldn't I shouldn't leave out Jose Aldo, Aldo I just have Aldo. to mention Jose Aldo sure. I forgot he was going into sure. so Jose Aldo, long time known as the the featherweight greatest of all time of all and time. uh yeah. you know legendary champion as well. Yeah.
1: So you know you talked a little bit about the criteria. So, you know, Cowboy didn't ne- never won a champion, never won a championship belt. What do you think the criteria is? Because we think about it in, I think about the Hall of Fame for baseball, which is probably the most well-known Hall of Fame in, in all sports and the NFL too. But like for a Hall of Fame in baseball, you had, and I think about Sandy Koufax. He's a great example. Sandy Koufax did not play the longest career, but his dominance for the period, uh, you know. His, his impact on the game. His sweet spot in his dominance in that period was, made it so that you were just like, this guy's a Hall of Fame. pit. He will go down as one of the greatest of all time. Again, he didn't do it for 20 years, but he did. For... So when you talk about criteria for the UFC Hall of Fame, is it sort of similar like that where they say, who was dominant for this period Or who time? made the social impact at the same time too? So that's the thing, right? We're in a
3: business that is, skates the line of entertainment and sport. And make no mistake, it is sport. There, mm-hmm. There is greatness. There are... High-level competitors, guys like Daniel Cormier and Habib Nurmagomedov, who went in last year. Jose Aldo is a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Anderson Silva, slam dunk Hall slam of Famer. Dunk, Many championship yeah. fights, you know, championship title defenses. But there are the guys. Cerrone's nobody's going to argue with. There's a guy like Jim Miller. Mm-hmm. Most UFC fights of all time. Most UFC wins of all time. Wow. Never won a title. Mm-hmm. Do you put him in? right and some people mm-hmm. would say absolutely you got to put jim miller in now he hasn't retired yet he's, he's he wants to fight till ufc 300 there he wants go. 50 ufc he fights he still be win the title but because... he's he's the perfect example of a guy where it's like do you put him in mm-hmm. or is it not a longevity award do you need something more jessica andrage on the women's side she's among uh those of like most ufc wins By a female, Mm -hmm. she has won a title. She didn't have a sustained championship run. Do you put her in the Hall of Fame? Mm -hmm. So it's it is very different. There's not those benchmarks. There, you know, I know in baseball it's a little different now. But you know, it was like 500 home runs. Cool, you're in. You're in. 3,000 hits. Uh, You're in. or or like certain. Yeah. Exactly. But it's right. Not like same. is Kurt Schilling remind me did Kurt Schilling get in the Baseball Hall of Fame yet or is no, he not there? No, he's not.
1: He's not in yet.
3: Like I think Kurt Schilling should be in right. because it's like the Bloody Sock and like the mm-hmm. the World Series one with run with the Red Sox, and he won with the D-backs. Like mm-hmm. he did a lot of things where he would be like you should recognize this guy as one of the greatest of all time, but did he, hit, hit, he didn't hit those benchmarks. Uh yeah. in the UFC it is gray, as uh, as often things are, yep. but that's part of kind of what keeps the
1: circus going. It's amazing. And what, what I love about the UFC and where it took over for boxing in a, in a lot of ways is boxing just wasn't making the fights that you wanted to see. Like, you'd see the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight five years after you should have seen it. And what UFC usually does and what Dana White's good at doing and what everybody there, they they set the fights that everybody wants to see on the reg so every month you have them what are some upcoming fights that you're really looking forward to that that fans can check out and see that you're like all right this is one everyone should focus on
3: so i'll tell you we're going back to salt lake city at the end of july it's our next pay-per-view And if you remember when Nate Diaz fought Jorge Masvidal for the BMF belt, the baddest mother on the planet, right? They they kind of created this belt. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, oh, it's a gimmick or whatever. Well, Masvidal just retired. He'll probably go into the Hall of Fame. Masvidal just retired. So Dana was like, well, let's put the BMF belt up for grabs again. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a lightweight fight. And it's going to be. Dustin Poirier Mm -hmm. against Justin Gaethje. Now, when I tell you that Justin Gaethje is my favorite fighter, I've never met the guy. I love so many UFC fighters. I've gotten to know them. They've been on my podcast. Mm -hmm. Like They're good guys, girls, whatever. Justin Gaethje, I really don't have much history with other than I've called a couple of his fights. But this guy fights like he's in a Rocky movie Mm -hmm. every single second Mm -hmm. of every single fight that he's ever in. And making it better... As Dustin Poirier, you could say the same thing about him. Yeah. Two of the most most decorated fighters, without question, in one of the best divisions in the UFC, 155 pounds, uh, who just bring it, and they're amazing. So the fight's not going to miss. There's no chance it's a boring fight. They fought back in 2018 in a main event. It was crazy. It ended in the fourth round. And uh, they're running it back for a rematch five years later. And mm-hmm. uh, I, nobody will want their money
1: back. Nobody and will want their money. You back. want it to go multiple. Want to go to the distance, like 155 pounds.
3: This is the fight. Yes, I mean you want this Powered. fight to go into the third, fourth round, right? right? Like That's obviously, right. like finishes are fun. Like finishes finality best, is fun. A course. finish, correct. A knockout, a submission. But you want something on this one. I hope it's not one of those that's like a knockout in two minutes. And I don't think it's going to be because these, the these guys are tough. So I know you were going, Jay.
1: 155 yeah. is the weight class. These guys are walking around regularly around 180, 175. 175 180. So these
3: are big dudes. These are – Felder Paul, – Paul Felder used to be 195 to 200
1: between fights. Wow. wow. And, he, and he fought at 150.
3: 155. They, they can't – 155. Because wow. the the water cut, these guys suck out like seventeen pounds of water the week of the fight. Wow. Like they might be, you know, like you're talking to them on Thursday, they weigh in on Friday morning. You talk mm-hmm. to them on Thursday, they got 13 pounds to go. Wow. So it is kind of a it's like it's a very unique thing. I remember Kevin Lee. Was at a 155er and then he was going up to welterweight at 170. And he was doing this media tour and he did some news morning show in Buffalo. And they're like, Man, so how do you put on the extra 15 pounds going up a weight class? And he's just like, No, no, no. I'm taking off 15 less <laughs> to yeah, get to right? that. Because I'm still
1: going to be over. Uh, cutting weight. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're yeah. talking to Brendan Fitzgerald. We're going to see him tonight at the UFC uh, Hall of Fame induction, which I believe is on Fight Pass. So if you get UFC Fight Pass, you can check that out and watch that. On there in our show, The Nosebleeds, which was on it, which, Brendan, you did a fantastic thing on there. You played it so beautifully, oh, so perfectly. Scream The
3: Nosebleeds. Get into it.
1: You and the Sharps, they were so great. The betting guys, that fantastic show on the line. Uh, you guys do such a good job handicapping the fights because it's more than just the bets. You actually get into the analysis of what the fights are really ab- about, and that can be seen on Fight Pass as well. Uh, question for you about this. You know, it's they're talking about it and, it's, and starting to talk about it even more and more people are getting involved. The potential for a Zuckerberg-Elon Musk fight. Now, Jay and I were just at this Fight Pass Invitational Grappling Tournament. Like, you can't get more nerdy UFC than that the people who were there I I can't even begin to describe it it was silent in there as everybody is watching every it was like watching. it was like the record store in high fidelity UFC version right so like it's quiet everybody's looking for every move the guy sitting next to me anytime someone would grab someone's ankle he'd be like "Mm mm-mm I was like, oh, okay. What do you know? He knows something crazy is about. To yeah, happen. yeah. These guys are so into it.
3: Grappling, grappling is funny when, you're like, I'm, you know, I trained a little jujitsu, mm-hmm. like in 2019. The pandemic kind of crushed it, and I yeah. just haven't gotten back into it yet. But um, it is one of those things, like when you don't know what to look for, and people are just like, "Oh, look at this!" And I'm just like, "Nothing's happening." They're just like, nope, oh, "No, watch. No, no, it's no. going to end lot. in like 30 seconds." That's right. And they know. And they once know. Once you
1: get, you know. Once you get leverage, yeah, once you get yeah, some weight is, on uh, some, yes, yes. And he, and they saw the, angle. so how yeah. is, how but is just that
3: grappling crap. is a very different animal, you know? Yeah. Just grappling is a very different animal because one of the things we love about the UFC Striking. is like, okay, they get them on the ground. They're, they're fishing for a submission. Well, I can't get it. So I'm going to,
1: Boom! Wow. Do that, and yeah. then
3: we'll try to get the submission again. Yeah, can't really do that in jujitsu, so it's a different, yeah. uh, it's a different art. So business. I'm saying it's those are gentle the, art. What are
1: those it. people gonna think about a Zuckerberg Musk fight? Which you know now you're talking about Logan Paul calling out Patty Pimlet and potentially that. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, how is the U? Uf- how do you see the UFC diehards? Because kinda- that would bring a lot of eyeballs. But what would it mean for the sport itself? So I think we're like gonna. Tr-
3: have to be very careful because dana has said in the past i don't do gimmick fights right right right. and then elon musk wants to fight mark zuckerberg right Right. and then it's just like okay well what do you call that now here's the thing if we don't do it but they do it somewhere else that's bad business right it needs to be in the ufc if it's going to happen and i thought that this fight would you know when it first came out i said it's Elon. He likes to throw stuff out there, mm-hmm. and I feel like he just likes to sit back and laugh when everyone runs with it. Right? Right. Like, he's like oh the dogecoin standard Mm -hmm. and then like he's just like oh look at every oh look at the dogecoin spike that was fun twitter you know he's like he's got so much power like whatever he just puts out there sure uh people will react to it yeah so at first i was just like there's no chance it's gonna happen this is like a one percent chance this is gonna happen Mm -hmm. and then i've you know like like dana says like we're actively looking to do it i talked to somebody uh, in our social media department and i was just like what are the chances i've been telling people one percent she's just like uh 90 if 90, not 95 percent and I'm like, wow. I'm like wow they're like it's gonna happen yeah and they was like no these guys are serious it's gonna happen um so, and so now you you gotta wonder like where who's gonna regulate it they're 50 pounds difference i don't think vegas the nevada state athletic commission likes
1: that mm-mm. um so there's so, there's hurdles to jump over and then you got to go you know. through it. But then would you, as the UFC, put your best fights? Because you know you have eyeballs on this thing that normally won't. They're not normal UFC fans who are paying for the pay-per-view to see it. You've expanded the tent in a big way. Is it? Would put it be- some marquee who, yeah. matchups put on that card. Put some marquee matchups on that card so that people can oh, be like, I mean- wow, this is what it is.
3: Yeah, it would it would be silly not to. I mean, our, our marketing machine is a good one. It's the best in combat sports. There's no question about it. So it would be silly to just be like, okay, this is a one-off fight and it made for TV events. It's just like, no. I don't know how they would handle it. Maybe they open the pay-per-view main card with that fight, or is it the co-main event, and then you have a title after it? Certainly our other athletes should benefit from this spotlight, and the UFC in general. That's why I said, like, if we don't do it, shame on us. If it happens, but it happens under some other promotion or business, then that's bad on us. We should make it happen so that we can use it as a showcase for what we do 42 events a year. It's not three events a year. It's not five events a year. Uh, it's not just the big pay per views. We're 42 events. We're yeah. Dana White's contender series on Tuesdays in August yep. and September. Um, Slap fights. It's, it's a whole big world that yep. people don't realize that. Like you guys said, like, we didn't realize it before we worked for the USA. Man, they're going every freaking every weekend week. with these great every guys. Every week. oh, um, Okay,
1: so tell people about yeah. your podcast so that people can listen to the podcast because it's great, inspirational, good stuff. Let them know where they can find it and what it is.
3: Yeah, podcast is called Fitz Nation. It's interviews between 30 and 40 minutes generally with UFC fighters. I dive into their stories and... uh Really something that we can all learn from. Everyone's trying to get better in whatever we do. And these fighters, even though they get in the an octagon and cage mm-hmm. fight for a living, uh, they still go through the same ups
1: and downs, the same battles that we all do. Absolutely. So I try to make it a positive message for everybody to gain from. You do a great job. We're going to see it tonight. We'll see you at the uh, Hall, Hall of Fame, of Fame induction. induction. Can't wait and uh, look forward to doing more work with you. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Brendan Fitzgerald. Sklars, Randy, Jason, I love you. Love you, buddy. All right, uh, Jayla, shall we do a little sports update? Let's Let's do it do it. Greg Caserta. Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio.
2: Clones, what do we want? when we're craving protein or we need more energy. Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef. Pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name, because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? Happy to be here uh, rounding out hour one. Brendan Fitzgerald, phenomenal
1: dude. Fitz Nation is a great podcast. You should check that out. We're up on Threads. Just like Kevin Durant. Just like KD. Come find us on 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 Threads. threads. We're going to be up there posting stuff. And uh, we're going to be at the Hall of Fame. UFC Hall of Fame later. Inductions in Vegas. I'm very excited about that. At the beginning of next hour, we got Robert Lucidich, who knows his golf. Knows his tiger, too. We're gonna talk what was Tiger Woods using talking points, PGA? I feel like talking curated talking points. Everything Tiger says feels like talking points. No, there was a talking point in there about him saying, When my son Charlie grows up, I hope he plays for the best Professional golf league out there, the PGA, and it was like ripped straight out of the talking points. So maybe, 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 maybe he helped parallel creation. Can, maybe right. who knows? Maybe he believes it in his heart of hearts. We'll get into that with Robert, and then later in hour three, we got Gar Reynes in studio, the, the batting, batting stance, stance guy, guy, doing guy. batting stances we'll and talk talking about all that baseball. stuff. But let's talk about BYUJ. Yeah. Speaking of socials. BYU probably up on threads. But I'll say this. We're going we're gonna to get to our Zuckerber, Zuckerberg-Musk take post-Lucidich. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot in that take. There's a lot in that take. So BYU just revealed on their socials their freshly painted football field. Thank God. And there was one inconsistency. Let's hear it. And surprisingly, the internet picked up on it. Wait, is that so shocking? The internet picked up on a tiny and listen to this, this part of it. This is so crazy. The internet trolled BYU. What? People picked it up and they trolled them. It's okay. unreal. I cannot believe it's the internet. It. Which, so, all right, so, so the photo happened? is an overhead shot of the field, mm-hmm. right? And the field looks great, but the Big Ten logos on the field, Big Twelve, sorry, mm-hmm. Big Twelve logos on the field are not symmetrical. Why not? One's on the 15 yard line; the other ones on the 25 yard lines. Sense. I mean, why would they be symmetrical? Is it like, and this is my question: Is it like Mormon sister wives? Mm-hmm. One's up with the guy, the other one's, one's on the ten yard line, ten yards lines, behind, waiting for 50, her time to one's pop One's on the twenty five. It's not going to be. You're not going to have. That's the, how it works, guys. You're not going to have the same relationship with every wife. You're not going to have the same relationship with every logo. Meanwhile, like the Big Twelve is like, don't look at us. We're we might not be a conference in three years. Right. The Big Twelve. We is didn't. Like, we, this isn't our mistake. We're dealing with so many other things this right is, now. Everyone's leaving. I mean, the Big 12 is like people who are escaping the Mormon church. They're all just like, everyone's leaving. So to BYU's credit, when people started pointing it out to them on Twitter, they simply responded, this is what they wrote. Yeah, we botched that. Our bad. That, I love that. That is great. In an age where when we make mistakes. I wish the LDS would have that sort of level of accountability. People just dig in their mm-hmm. heels and say, we. No. No, this you're wrong. This is the way it is. You're wrong. You're wrong. Just huh. for the sake of arguing, making it worse. No, BYU was like, we screwed yeah. it up. It's refreshing. Shouldn't have done that. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge mistake. Who cares? It's not like they spelled BYU wrong. They could have done B-U-Y. Right. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. It's the conference logo. Right? It's the conference logo. It's not. Again, the conferences mean nothing. In college college football anymore, there are going to be two conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. I say leave it. It'll screw other teams up, right? Right. They're the, they're on the twenty five, thinking like we're, we're on, on the, the fifteen. Let's no, kick you're a not. field goal. No. no, you're not. Now it's like a forty yard field goal. Most college kickers can't make that. Use it to your advantage. Switch it up every week. Put one on the thirty five, then put it on the twenty five. This is like when college basketball college basketball crowds start chanting. You know, start counting down and forcing teams to shoot the ball. Yeah, a with the shot clock, it's like, going. This in. is what they're doing. It's it can mental. become a drinking game. Where is the? Where is the? Where's the logo? Big Ten Big 12 the Big 12 logo. logo. On the other hand, if I love that you keep calling it the Big Ten logo. <laughs> okay, it's all going to be the Big Ten. It's. Okay. <laughs> it will eventually. And the S. If I'm University of Utah, I'm negative recruiting BYU with That's this. right. They can't even they paint can't get, their they, field right. They can't even get their logo right. BYU. Hour one is down, Jay. In the books. In the books. Robert Lucidich at the top of hour two. Gar Rynes an hour through. Our Musk-Zuckerberg take. It's a Musk take. And a Wimbledon secret sex room. We'll get into it. You gotta stick around. It's the Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Net. We'll- when Tiger is at the top of the game and he just covers it, in my opinion, better than anyone else. Robert Lucidich, how you doing, Robert? Nice to, to have you on the show.
0: God, no, I'm going to have to be really nice to you now, aren't I? Yeah, after you got to be so nice. After that intro, my god, my goodness! Come all right, on. I well, we you going to rip us. One? one? I know where to go. No, no, no. Like, you first uh, of all, we... boys. Yeah, good to good to be on. Good to chat golf uh, yeah. in the uh, the Rome
1: space. So, so, did you make it out to the U.S. Open at all while it was in Los Angeles and get to see? I did it not.
0: There? I was uh, celebrating a rather large uh, anniversary and uh, was uh, was in other places. Got uh, it. Making uh, making my beloved wife happy, so uh, nice. I, I didn't get to go. But uh, it did it did look good on TV. Although I have to say, uh, a lot of uh, friends of mine who went there were, you know, they didn't love the experience. And that golf course isn't really really suited for, a, you know, like Riviera down the road, same right. architect, but a radically different uh, vibe. Uh, much much better when it when it comes to viewing golf than. Uh, then L.A. and uh, also I heard, you know, obviously LACC kept half the, half the tickets for their members. So, yeah, well, that, that happened. Uh, I was, yeah, able, that was, interesting I was able to go. I and
1: walked around. And they limited around. the amount of Jews who could be there, which, <laughs> which I felt <laughs> that was a little weird. No, <laughs> stop. Thought, I'm kidding. Stop. Okay. Wait, did you tell them you were doing <laughs> it? Yeah, I, told, I didn't tell them. An, they let a, <laughs> me in. Our face told them. That's uh, right. This is. I didn't have to mention it, but uh, <laughs> it was... It, what did you think of that? I mean, everybody scored on that first day, and then they kind of never scored again. And Ricky again. Fowler, I mean, this is is this a reemergence for him? I mean, obviously with the Travelers, he comes back, but he was in contention in a major in a way that we haven't seen in years. Is he back? What do you think?
0: Well, I, I listen, I mean, the Ricky Fowler, we, we've got to put a little bit of perspective on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 34 years old. Yeah. So... Uh, what we're really acknowledging is that he was very good, very young, mm-hmm. right. and, uh, and then had a, a, a trough mm-hmm. that, you know, he went through. And he was, you know, I, I remember asking Adam Scott one time who has struggled on the greens in his career and is a preeminent ball striker. I said, you know, if you could have a, someone's putting stroke, whose would it be? And I totally expected him to say Tiger or, right. you know, and he said, Ricky. Wow, he said, wow. Ricky hits, every putty hits is pure. And so, you know, what happens to, to guys who, who make every six-footer they look at when they don't make the six-footers is that 69 becomes 72, and then you miss mm-hmm. the cut, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start, you don't you're not hitting it very well, you're not making putts, and, and you know, you can get into a funk in golf, and uh, every golfer knows what that feels like when you're not at your best, and right. and Ricky Fowler went through that, but I mean, if he was, you know, forty-three, I'd say, okay, you know, it's, time's probably passing. But I mean, Max Homer's thirty-two, and uh, you know, he's, they're eighteen months apart in age. So, wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like Ricky was, was, you know, it's like Tiger said when he, when he won that tournament after all the injuries and obviously the scandal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't call it a comeback. I've been here all along. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that we, we, <clears throat> we will see. The, the the reemergence of Ricky back into into the top flight after after some struggle years but you know I never thought oh the guy's gone I mean he's he you know he he definitely had a problem I think swing wise with with the miss to the left and and listen we saw that in mm-hmm. the U S Open we did uh at, at, you know w- at when you start missing left a lot then you get... <laughs> The next one is the miss right because you don't want to miss left. Right. So I think a lot of these guys that, you know, with the, what, what you might term the modern swing, they're fading it a lot. They're hitting bomb power fades. Yeah, and, right. uh, you know, uh, the guys that are natural drawers of the ball, you know, maybe that's not exactly what what you'd want under the gun, under pressure, because the draw requires that turn to the toe so to mm-hmm. turn over a little bit. And mm-hmm. then if, you know, you start going left, it's, it's going to get pretty dicey. But, uh yeah, look, he had his chance to win. I think Rory's the one that would most be regretting that US Open. I, mean, I he, think so, too. That was there to be won. But you got to give it to, to Clark. I mean, he what a great uh, – uh, I always want to call him Wendell Clark. I too, know, right? me too.
1: Wyndham <laughs> Clark to me sounds like a hotel that I stayed at. How, how many Wyndham Clark I, I points you have, Clark. do you have? I think I stayed so at the Wyndham Clark. Many, I have so many Wyndham, know, Wyndham Clark. North Clark North Carolina <laughs> they yeah. leave nice mints on the on the pillows, the Wyndham Clarks do. Yeah, exactly. Do. Uh, I thought – you know, and, and – to me, just from an outsider watching it, I think there's a beauty in not knowing what's at stake. Not that Wyndham Clark didn't know what was at stake, but to me, he's young enough and and I'm going to say this in all with all due respect and dumb enough, meaning like you don't like Ricky Fowler grasped what it would mean for him to come back and win that uh, U.S. Open. And I think you're right. I think a couple of the moments became too much for him. Whereas Wyndham Clark. Again, when you don't have that sort of burden of expectations on top of you, maybe you play a little bit freer. And like you said, that power fade is a is a hell of a lot more forgiving.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think also, look, you know, Ricky was the, the rub on Ricky for the longest time was that he couldn't win. That he was a great, you know, guy for a top ten, but he wasn't. He wasn't going to close it out. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself last week in Detroit, in that last round, he's got. Two par fives. If he birdies one of them, he wins the tournament. Right, and he didn't birdie either, either. of them, and yeah. he had irons in and 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 then I thought, okay, you know, is this is going to be another one that he's mm-hmm. he's, he's going to blow it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and but what did he do? He birdied 18 mm-hmm. in regulation, and then birdies 18 in the playoffs. So I think he, I think he really showed himself a lot in in the in that in the playing those two holes under the gun under the cosh. And he came through. So I, I really actually, honestly, we're going to Royal Liverpool for the for the Open. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think that's the kind of golf course that Ricky Fowler can really play. That would be <clears throat> great. really play well at. So, you know, look for him. I mean, it was him and Rory last yeah. time. I was there last time for for the Open there. And uh, I, I I really think he's, uh, he's going to be geared up. And, uh, you know, we're looking at uh, maybe the summer of Ricky
1: so and and he's a crowd favorite on every level so you know th- if you see his name on the leaderboard i think it just draws more people to watching the event as it were i to me i think it is so much of it is your confidence as you go in there which is why it's amazing that like a guy like brooks kepka Who plays so well and doesn't build up that confidence through the smaller events? It's to me, it's amazing. And he went through a crisis of confidence, as shown on—I don't know if you watched Full Swing. I'm I'm sure you did. But like, Um,
0: well, I think also he had Brooks. He had uh, you know he had had injury issues that that to the point that you know he he was wondering if he was done. Right. You know, of course he 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 took the live money because what if he was going to be done? And there's a lot of money for him to, to mm-hmm. spend the rest of his life living on. Plus he got his brother in as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it ended up being a great deal for him, but you could see that as he realized he was coming back, I mean, you know, he, he definitely is one of the guys that I think would love to be back on the PGA tour. But ironically, as you say, I mean, let's be clear that Brooksy mails it in like nobody's business. And, yeah. and, in, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the, the bottom feeder events, it. Right. Uh, you know, he's, he's, Constantly, you know, he's got a, he's he, he's uh, clutching a t t forty eight, and and when he goes to these these events, and then when he's at a major, it, you know, he's in contention. So, it is it is a very interesting uh, way that he approaches golf. But and Tiger used to do it too. I've got to say, I mean, Tiger used to always focus on the majors yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that Tiger never mailed it in. He, he didn't a have it in events. him to do it, yeah. and yeah. so. If he's sitting there on a on a on a cold, you know, uh, Friday afternoon somewhere, and mm-hmm. at Pebble Beach or mm-hmm. something, and he's like, you know what? Oh God, I better make a few birdies and get to the weekend, and see what happens. Yeah, know? yeah. And and that's how you end up having the longest uh, cut streak that uh, uh, I, I can confidently say will never ever be be eclipsed. This is is you know almost eight years? I think it was. So uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that that's just that's just professionalism bordering on ocd yeah absolutely (laughs) it's
1: where those two things meet it's like if that if that ocd fuels your desire to be successful in every scenario it's it's michael jordan flipping a coin in the back of the training room with the trainers and trying to win that with the security guys trying to take their quarters he doesn't need their quarters he's trying to take their quarters just like
0: no it's, it's, it's competition and it's uh a good friend of mine told me a story one time that Jordan stopped to watch his kids play mm-hmm. in a pickup game and he was dressed in, you know, dress shoes. He went to a meeting and in a suit. And the kids said, you know, come and they were teenagers. And they said, oh, you know, will you play play with us? And some young 17, 18-year-old kid, you know, just was blowing by him and, mm-hmm. and, and scoring mm-hmm. and, you know, just trash talking a little bit. Oh, and the next day Jordan shows up <laughs> in his gym shoes. Yeah, ready to go. And he says, Hey, you kid, get over
1: here. Let's go. That's Let's go. I do mean, it they, now. He, he can't take it. And that, I mean, that is what makes a true champion. You mentioned live golf. There's the merger of the two. I mean, what what do you make of this moving forward? And how do you see it in the world of golf? Or is the PGA just going to be like, all right, this is now what it is moving forward? This is the NBA and the ABA in some level. And do they try and put it behind them? And just how does it move forward?
0: yeah no that's the only way it moves forward and and the history of every every breakaway league is that there's a coming together and there was always going to be a coming together. It was going to be difficult to do when greg norman was the, was was running live yep. just because you know greg is has has definitely got his uh his Opinions. issues with p j Tour yeah. dating back to the nineties when he came up with this idea of a of an eight i think it was eight eight uh events. Yeah. on a global golf tour, which uh, my old boss at Fox Sports, David Hill, was going to broadcast, mm-hmm. and, you know, it sounded like a great idea. There was a lot of money. They got investors, and then the tour basically just, you know, which was Tim Fincham at the time, essentially just did a little Machiavellian deal behind his back, and, and, and the players pulled out, and Norman was uh, was left uh, holding, the you know, holding, holding the baby. But mm-hmm. what happened three years later, the tour... Announces the creation of the World Golf Events, you know. So that's right. The the, the WGCs were, were exactly what Norman was was, uh, was you know was was uh, proposing. He had no
1: credit for that and either. So you can understand why we'll, he's bitter. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think what we'll see is Live will endure in some form. I don't know that. I think it'll be rebranded. I think it almost has to be because there's there's just too much toxicity in the brand mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. The 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 way you know obviously the Saudi connection, sure. but the tour the tour is not you know the, the, they're not necessarily the good guys in all of this either. By the way, no. So you know the tour wanted to take what was a commercial dispute and create a moral and ethical debate mm-hmm. around it, mm-hmm. and now now they've just done the, the they've just done the deal with the Saudis that they've just spent two years saying are the most evil people on earth, right? So, yeah, we're gonna, there's a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of
1: swallowing of crow, yeah.
0: We'll, we'll, I think that what's going to happen is, uh, this is just one scenario. I don't know if it'll go this way, but mm-hmm. where I think it's ripe is I think the WGCs are going to be gone, and so there'll this be the somewhere where the top 50-ish players will be able to play for a lot of money, and it'll probably be, you know, hopefully, my hope is, but it'll be in different places of the world. It'll be in Asia. It'll be in South America. It'll be in right. uh, uh, Australia, mm-hmm. in Africa, and so the, it could actually be have a global vibe to it and really glo- grow the game, not grow just the game. grow the game in you know uh, Florida where, where it doesn't need any growing. Right. And uh, right. so that would be, I think that would be great. And I, I do think that the team format that live has used, which mm-hmm. they, you know, they blatantly stole from formula one, right. uh, is, is, I think it does have legs, but you need to create a following. You need to create teams that people can get behind. Mm-hmm. And I think what will happen if they, if it can happen, if you can get, let's just say Hideki, uh, gets, you know, a sp- a team and, and it's sold to Lexus or Toyota or mm-hmm. big Japanese brand. Mm-hmm. And you have four Japanese players on the team. Mm-hmm. I think that that has got a lot of potential and you could have a, you know, now, is it is it going to be supplanting the Masters or the U.S. Open or the British? No, none no, of that. No, but, no, it, but it's it going won't. to supplant other rich events that aren't that important other than the cash. And yeah. I think people could potentially get behind a. You know, I, I see, like, for instance, somebody like Red Bull,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not really involved in golf. No, it's but a great way to get in. involved in a lot of sports. Right. I could see Red Bull taking a team and, and you know, like, cool young Kind of hip team and and, right. and doing you know trying trying to do something with it. So I, I think mean, it's got legs, but uh, what you know, just, personally, what, yeah. Me, the three uh, the three rounds, the shotgun the fifty-four
1: start, holes, the techno is...
0: music. You know, I it, I get that they're going for something different, mm-hmm. and they probably had to. Yeah, but,
1: they had to. You know,
0: to. for me, I'm I'm I, I'm a I'm a golfer. I'm I'm probably. Not the market they're looking for, and so I, I like to, you know, I like, I, I would love to listen to Peter Alice spend 10 minutes telling me about the rain in Scotland and in, 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 during the Open and, and yeah. telling stories. Well, that's. I- I mean, the leisurely you, pace.
1: I like. Well, you talked about the potentially having an all-Japanese team, an all-Australian team, an all-English team, an all-Scottish team, an all-Irish team. I mean, to me, that now you're talking about something that feels a little like the World Baseball Classic, or the World Cup, or the World Cup, and I think you can tap into some of that in a golf sense, I think would be fantastic and to have those events all over and like you said, grow the game. Yeah, because you put an event in Africa and then some kid who goes and sees that event in Ethiopia, wherever. Now you might have, that starts that kid's passion towards the game and you might have stars coming from places that have never come the to the game. And the public relation thing of like maybe leaving the area better than when you than when it started is is a way to repair your image moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And there, and there's no, I don't think that golfers. I mean, remember that golf. There were more golfers in the United States for the longest time mm-hmm. than there were in the rest of the world. Yep. So it made sense that the PGA Tour was the, the, was the Middle Kingdom, right? And and playing in Florida was was where you should be because that's where all the golfers are. But I think these days the 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 uh, the real growth area to me is Asia because Asia the, uh, the, the the number of uh, people who are who, who are playing golf in Asia is just exploding, mm-hmm. and, and especially China. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, there is room for this. There's room, I think, on a, on a commercial level and on a sporting level, to to really do something that is not the same same old thing. And right. I think this is not the same old thing if you focus on these teams. I agree. Uh, because, I agree. You know, we've got the Ryder Cup. To a lesser extent, the president's, president's cup, which is cup, right. not as you know, not as interesting, obviously, because one side always wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could have, I think that there's room for 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 people to uh, and and listen, people go to. I have some friends of mine went to F1 for the first time, mm-hmm. right? They, they didn't know what they were watching, but they had a great time.
1: Sure. You know? Yeah, you can have a great time while you're there. And again, that if you can tap into some of the Ryder Cup so- special sauce is what I'll call it, in terms of like rooting for your country and rooting for your continent, so to speak. That is. I believe they need to sort of whoever designs this moving forward. This is a great idea. We're we're figuring this out the three of us. Whoever designs this, we should get moving, paid. We should get paid for this. What? what are, who are we? Greg Norman? Are they going to take this idea away from us? That that whoever designs this should talk to the Ryder Cup and talk about that. Jay, last I point. have last last question for you before we let you go. Uh, this thing came out this week about Tiger Woods. Maybe, and I know you know Tiger very well. Maybe using PGA talking points. You know, along the way to disparage the live tour. What do you make of that? Is this going to blow over and just be gone shortly, or is this a bigger issue that the PGA? Yeah, I through?
0: think that obviously there was a, somebody made a clerical error in releasing all those documents. They yeah. were not to be, they shouldn't have been released. Mm-hmm. And uh, even even uh, Patrick Reed's uh, nut job uh, attorney, uh, Larry Clayman, uh, understands, you know, has acknowledged that you know, this is probably a, a clerical error. Very similar, in fact, to uh, the uh, former president, his his communications director has all these taped conversations, and she leaves them on her laptop and hands them over to the DOJ. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was probably not the smartest move. And I think that the you know Tiger essentially wanted just wanted to say, I didn't go to that meeting, and I didn't use any of those talking points. Right now, could two things be true? Yes, they can. The talking points was were were to be you know set up in case tiger wanted to do it Mm -hmm. and here's some ideas i mean i know for a fact that in 2010 when he came back to the masters from the scandal he had talking points that were put together by his pr people and you know he had all over his rental house he had you know he he had a page of them and he would just look at them all the time and just commit them to memory and this is what he was going to say and you know, this is the way this is, you know, I mean, it sounds cynical, but this is the way life is. And in, in 2023, you're creating you know, that image. Points. Yeah. Don't don't, don't say what you think. Just say what.
1: Say what was say. presented. In say what's easy. Say what's all around your rental house. That's what we say. Uh, we say thank you to you, Robert Lucidich. Uh People can pick up your book. Please let them know what it is so that they can uh, read it and enjoy it as we have. Unplayable. Yeah, it's called Unplayable. And uh, it is an inside account into Tiger's
0: most tumultuous season. There have been a lot of candidates for Tiger's most tumultuous season, but uh, but uh, 2009 uh, was uh, just a year unlike any other, and uh, uh, you know I, I hope to hope to uh, believe that I did a good job of, of, of encapsulating that and and uh, telling that story. It was it was a fascinating. Unbelievable, you know, story. Amazing,
1: Robert lucidis Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. We'll have you on our podcast. Uh, View from the cheap seats, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll British play around at golf too. Let's do that. And so. we'll
0: play around at golf. You I guys. love
1: it. All Let's right, do it. see you, boys. Thanks, right. buddy. There you go, Robert lucidis Take a break, Jay. we Come back. I could talk golf all week with this guy. I could. I love that he thinks that Ricky Fowler could potentially. This could be the summer of Ricky. Summer of Ricky. I'm ready. I'm down for that. I grow my stash for, for it. All right, we come back. We're gonna give our Musk Zuckerberg take, uh, and then an hour three Gar Reines, the batting want stance want guy. Do you want my take? Corner, on, corner, call us. Sklar Brothers filling in for Rome, Jim Rome on the CBS Sports Radio Network.
2: You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. Good night, now.